Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you're at. I am Kyle Fincham. You are listening to Behind the Movement. Thank you for being here. I have a really wonderful conversation to share with you with Kim Amankwa. Before I get to it, though, I have, as always, my couple of announcements. The first is I really want to send a big thank you to everybody who came out for Infinite Play in Emeryville, California this past weekend. It was so much fun. Such a great group. Um, Yeah, it was a blast. Thank you all for being there. And thank you to the Athletic Playground and Shira Yaziv for hosting the event. And I have to say, uh, if you are in the Bay Area of California, San Francisco, Oakland, Berkeley, Emeryville, um, I highly recommend going and checking out the Athletic Playground. Um, It's a really special place. So go check it out. Um, I feel confident that uh, you'll be happy you did. Also, uh, we're going to have some more Infinite Play events this summer. Um, The next one that is on the calendar is in Miami, Florida on June 19th, and it's at 9 a.m. It's a Saturday, um, so you can't go out late on Friday. Um, I would love to see you there. If you want to sign up for that event, you can go to movementbrooklyn.com, and you can just go to our events page. Um, Yeah. Also, uh, next Thursday is going to be my last class at block 1750 that's thursday at 10 30 a.m um block 1750 here in boulder and the last class because uh alexa and i are going to be leaving colorado uh at the beginning of june um it's a long story i'm sure we'll get into it uh in future podcasts but for now um yeah we're leaving and um I would love to see you at the last class if you're in the area. Um, Although, uh, even after I'm gone, I I highly recommend going over to Block 1750 and seeing what they're up to. There's a lot of really amazing things happening under that roof. And uh, I know that there's a lot of new and exciting ideas that they're going to be rolling out here in the future. So, yeah. Go check them out, block1750.com. Those are my announcements. Let's get to it. I was very fortunate to get to have a conversation with Kim Amonkwa recently. Um, A mutual friend put us in touch. If you're not familiar with Kim's work, um, she was born and raised in Amsterdam. She studied at a music and dance school as a child and decided to follow it up with a professional education in in music and dance uh, at the what was then called the Jazz Musical Dance in Amsterdam. After a couple years there, she decided to narrow her focus and continue her studies at the Modern Theater Dance Department at the Amsterdam School of the Arts. And then after graduating, she began working with various choreographers and in her personal practice she just um, continued also exploring with various teachers Um, and she is a a member of ferris amini terranova um, which is a collective of practitioners 
who have a, a ongoing movement research going on. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Kim, and uh, I look forward to uh, to getting to meet in person sometime soon. Um, yeah, let's not waste any time. Let's get to it. Here is my conversation with Kim Amankwa. Where are you based at? Great question. Um, <laughs> I don't necessarily have the answer. I think for now it's going to be Brussels. Um, I'm originally from Amsterdam. And um, yeah, both me and my partner always wander around a lot. And so now we found ourselves in Brussels. And okay. it seems quite a central place also for work. So yeah, it's, it's, it's good for now. Cool. My, my wife and I got to go to Amsterdam for the first time just before COVID, maybe five months before. Um, and it's such a beautiful city. We, so we were living in New York for like 16 years before COVID and everything kind of uprooted everything. Um, and it reminded me so much of New York. I don't know if you've been in New York. I haven't. Oh. I, haven't. <laughs> I really, really want to. I think it would be really cool. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I might be wrong, but I think one of the first settlers would have been Dutch there as well. <laughs> well so that I would think, make sense then. Yeah, no, no, really. <laughs> I, I mean, that's what I, my own pride in, in like history and set and stuff. But uh, I think they traded it at some point for Suriname, but I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> 100%. Yeah. And, and, and is that where you were born and raised? Yes. Amsterdam was born and raised, yeah. A lot of bikes. A lot of yeah. I was just, I was just about to say, how old were you when you learned how to ride a bike? Then way too early, like way too young, way too early. Uh, I think no, I don't know. I think one or two, you definitely start doing it. It's it's really great. I mean, I I love it. It makes me feel really at home. Same here now. Finally got a bike and it makes me feel so much more independent. Also, it's really nice. I just I remember when I moved to New York, maybe it must've been almost like, I don't know, maybe eight years after I got there or maybe seven is when I finally got a bike. And it was like, oh my gosh, I'm free. I can do anything I want to do. It, I don't know. It's like, I forgot how liberating it was. It reminded me of like being a kid and learning how to ride a bike and being like, oh my gosh, this is like, I have autonomy outside of the house. It's amazing. I have the same now also with um, with COVID as well, because here in Belgium, we have to wear masks whenever you go outside. So the moment you ride a bike, you're allowed to not wear a mask. Uh -huh. <laughs> it was like a great, great bonus there as well. Yeah. I mean, so you do everything you can to like not take your feet off the pedals at all times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Going to the ATM, but still sort of hanging over your bike. Right, you're trying to like balance the entire moment. Yeah. <laughs> So you have all these people who have become like expert BMX riders now. Oh yeah. well, I'm not that much of a an expert on that, but it's it's I don't know. It's a whole it's a whole thing. Also, like riding a bike. It a I can do anything at my own time, my own pace, and b also like it gives you such an insight on how people are in in a city. It's very very clear. Like. Amsterdam, we're quite, no offense, but we're quite rude. We think we own own the place as cyclists, and I think they also do, we also do. 
and here in, in Brussels it's actually quite humbling like you are not you know the most important thing there so <laughs> you really have to watch out really know what you're doing yeah and yeah figure out how to participate in that and that is so true like riding riding a city really gives you like the sense of like the layout and the people and the vibe and everything like yeah you you can learn a lot from like biking a city yeah because then which area do you or did you live and, and like how did it where do you have to cycle <laughs> When I was in New York, I was living in Brooklyn. Mm. And, you know, riding around in Brooklyn is very different from riding around in Manhattan. You know, like you're riding through neighborhoods, but it's kind of industrial. And you get to kind of see how you almost get to see like the generations. You get to see like time periods and things changing. You get to see where things were old, but now they're new. Um, it's 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 a pretty interesting thing, and then there's the, the the bridges and stuff. I I I don't know. I I think it's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. And that's the one thing I miss here is just the sort of the view and like the the water. It reflects so much light in Amsterdam, so it's really it's very very. I mean, also familiar, but it's very very kind and very warm. But your fellow cyclists are quite rude. <laughs> <laughs> When did did you did you go to Brussels be for teaching or for performing? Like what what kind of brought you there at least most recently? Yeah, I think for me it was mainly actually taking workshops that brought me here, and it was actually Tommy's Labs workshop that I did here for the first time. Um, and yeah, I just. I, I would have to say that for me, the um, the dancing scene and the amount of different types of movement um, gets brought back here is just very open. I felt much more possibilities and much more, um, yeah, differences also, differences in people and how they all sort of come together here. It was really nice for me to to join that somehow. And I really felt welcome to that. So that's why I came here for the first first moments. And were and were, were you there before COVID? Or did you go or did you go back like after COVID started? Um, so yeah, I came here before COVID. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, I don't wanna I don't wanna stay here. So me and my partner Winston then we we were considering going to move to Berlin. And then I came here for a workshop with Martin Kivadi and we did like a month. And in April we were supposed to move to Berlin, but obviously in March we got stuck here and <laughs> been here ever since. It's also the longest, the longest period of time that I've been in one place. Wow. Yeah, it's it's quite intense. But um, I mean, yeah. I have good people around, so it, it makes makes all the difference. So what are like then, like, I guess the upsides, like what are the silver linings that you've realized of like being in one place for an extended period of time, despite it being kind of forced and it being like a weird time to be in one place that maybe you didn't, you didn't see coming? And then maybe what are like the big downsides? <laughs> um, for me, the upside is that I... I've just noticed that I'm quite a habitual person. I really like going to a cafe and knowing the person's name that, 
that serves you. I, I really like seeing a face that's familiar or, or taking a specific road that I really know. Like it, it, for me, it's very, very nice to have these things. And I think also in my upbringing, like how long I've lived in Amsterdam, I think that's sort of where that came from. Um, so yeah, I enjoy recognizing things. I, it makes me feel like I know something, know the place and understand some, somehow the city and how it moves and how it lives. The downside, not necessarily of the fact that it's in one place, but mainly that it's a city. The fact that I'm stuck in a city without all of those things, how do you say it? Like a city, you exchange specific freedoms or specific nature or specific um, values or a specific currency maybe for being in a city. Mm. But in exchange of like social engagement, parties, um, art, movies, shopping, whatever it is that you exchange, let's say. And all of a sudden you realize I should be, I should be in a mountain. Like if I'm going to spend this much time here, I should be in a mountain with a dog and like live my life there. So yeah, that's sort of how I, how I felt during this lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. It's I mean, fair. Been, I, mean, I don't know where you are now. I, I, I'm, I'm in Boulder, Colorado now. Um, and then right when COVID started, my, my wife and I left New York City and just went like an hour and a half outside of the city, which is more like the woods that you were looking for. And that's where we were at for like seven months. Um, it was one of those things that where you're like, I look back on it now and like, we didn't really know how long it was going to go on for, but somehow like we like kind of pulled the thing on the slot machine and like landed in the woods and we we're like, oh, if this was going to go on this long, like, thank God we landed here, you know, because like you said, it's like, you don't, you, no one really knew what it was going to be like. And then all of a sudden, like whatever city you're in, that's the one you're probably committed to for a while. For a while. <laughs> yeah. And also here they were quite strict from the beginning. Like mm -hmm. you were allowed to go outside only for a run, essential uh, shopping um yeah, I think walking wasn't like going for a walk wasn't even a thing. <laughs> it was like, mm -mm, stay at home. So what do you? So how are you navigating like um, teaching and and performing and and working and everything? What what does that look like? I mean, I've been really lucky. I think um, I've had a government like the Dutch government had been financially quite supportive. So that was very, 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 very nice. At the beginning also, I wasn't too stressed because I knew I had a, a contract coming. That in the end fell through, so that wasn't that great. But obviously I, I wasn't in the same stress as people were immediately um, from the beginning. And so, yeah, for the rest, we found like projects to do that didn't really chain us down as much. Uh, we had a beautiful project by Anna Maria Montonen, uh, which was in Chamonix. So it was really like for us to be in a movie and to be together with friends and just somewhere in the mountains on glaciers. Like it, it was really the moment to do it somehow. But 
teaching, I think, was much tougher to navigate because it's it was this space where we would travel in order to teach. People would come from different places in order to follow specific things. And I think that all sort of narrowed down to online spaces, uh, which I think is not necessarily a bad thing, but it was definitely something to consider. And I haven't really ventured into into that space. I, I realize I'm... I really like and enjoy being with people in a studio and being able to touch and being able to, to you know, understand how people sense things. Um, so, yeah, I think for now we haven't really done that. Uh, and most of the time when I teach, I, I do it with my partner. So that's, yeah, already quite a, a social engagement most of the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So then are you guys looking like as like the summer starts to kind of unfold to start doing more like in-person things? I really want to. I really, really, really want to. And I think also we've we've always been very excited about being outside. So whatever training it is that we are interested at the time and we would like to share, it would be like outside and figuring out stuff and, and I don't know, coming together and, and just playing mainly, I would have to say. Um, and so we did also actually with with Tomislav then, and then his partner Tina, uh, and Louis and Sam, all kinds of friends, and we went to just play with people from that collective, uh, just to be in the forest, just to play outside, just to lift some wood, just to throw some balls. It was really, I mean, you could consider it silly, but. I really enjoy engaging with my surroundings and with the people in it. I mean, you're like speaking my language. This is the stuff that I think <laughs> is like, I think it's the, I don't know, really important. I think, I feel like people always want to like, they almost want to like sanitize everything, right? Everything should be like clean and pristine and flat and like lighting and, and all the things. But like, I, not to say that, great things can't happen in those environments. But like when we're outside and it doesn't necessarily even need to be like the woods, it could be a desert or it could be whatever, but all those different places like ask so much of our senses. And, and for me, I'm like, I can't attach words to like what that all means, but it changes the experience. It does. It completely does. It's it coming from a either a black box or like a, a white you know cube mm -hmm. basically and I think especially the dance world is 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 actually quite sterile it's all quite flat um, and sanitized as you said just to place things already like the floor having a texture having a smell having animals run run through it like small animals big animals like um, without it being like, wow, this is amazing. It's just a different sensation. You are more a part of something. You're not taken out of context so much. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, it really gives me an urge to move. I really enjoy smelling things. I really enjoy feeling the wind. Um, and also, yeah, you have to adapt. It might be raining. <laughs> like, what are we doing then yeah i mean definitely in brussels and in amsterdam like it's gonna rain soon. 
um, and I also I also respect people that don't really have the intention to be outside. Mm-hmm. I just wonder if people question, like whether they question being inside. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of like dancing with the same dance partner all day every day, right? Where it's like you get like different collaborators when you're on different surfaces and different surroundings or different weather patterns like these are all just like oh these are like yeah new things to communicate with mm-hmm. but i'm also i'm also not saying that it is ideal mm-hmm. i think it's also great to stick with like what you said with the same dance partner for a while to see how, what kind of types of things it brings it's just for me it's really the question are you aware of the fact that you're training with the same person all the time and why and it's great like ask yourself these questions and like i'm working with this person because of this and this and this mm-hmm. i'm not not working with these people because of that and that and, that. and um yeah it, it comes to play also even this partner thing especially in workshops we we usually ask people to change partner all the time <laughs> and also like really value like what it means to be a good partner mm-hmm. what is also a good outdoor space like it de- completely depends on what kind of practice you're planning on doing if we're going to do floor work maybe not the muddiest place in the world <laughs> but you know I don't know. Let's uh, just a try. I think for the dance world, especially, I think it's it's a, a subject that's not really discussed so much. Really, I I didn't realize that. Not in my in my circles and how I've sort of been raised within that society. I haven't, unless it's like a a piece that is supposed to be performed in sand or supposed to be performed on whatever Mm -hmm. but just to train outside or like for me to be at a dance company and everyone would warm up inside and i was like the sun is shining (laughs) i'm gonna be in the garden (laughs) (laughs) and i thought they totally thought i was a freak but i i really need it i'm gonna be in a black box for another eight hours today yeah get the chance to do an hour and a half on my own outside i will <laughs> yeah yeah and, and it's just i don't know i stay i still stay with it it's like it's so much like new information that like you can't you can't put words to i, I mean when i talked to someone recently um it was like even even when you're outside and like the sun is in one position if the sun is over here it affects how you navigate that space based on like well, the sun's going to hit me in the face if I'm there. Or if I'm playing a game with somebody, like if I'm grappling with somebody, I can use that to my advantage. I can play with the sun as I navigate. And it's just, that's just one small thing. And then, like you said, there's the surfaces and the, and the, and the animals. It's just, I don't know. There's so many opportunities for surprise. I think that's what I'm trying to get to is like, there's so many opportunities for like, for discoveries to be made that can't be facilitated on like flat, sterile laboratories yeah exactly it's just sensory mm-hmm. it's so different it sounds it smells like it's like you said it's it's just super surprising and i think it's not yeah it's not taken uh into account and somewhat maybe taken for granted also mm-hmm. and then we haven't even spoken about what types of nature like even if we were to go outside here to a to a park 
it will be quite a sterile version of nature. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Not, I don't know. You know, we flat. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, uh, yeah. For me, it's also fairly new. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't been uh, sort of raised in that type of environment. But the more workshops I started to do, and the more uh, people I started to meet, I, I started to realize actually I enjoy being outside mm-hmm. and practicing outside and see indeed what kinds of challenges it might bring or circumstances it creates. So have you taught any workshops outside yet? Or is this like like a new thing where you're like, oh, this is the direction I, I want to start taking some things? No, no, no. Uh, actually, I've only taught workshops outside so far. I mean, really alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was last year. I'm not sure now. I think, yeah, it was just in Belgium, sort of the regulations started to loosen up during summer. They were like, super hopeful and <laughs> very mm-hmm. naive but yeah. we took it <laughs> yeah. and so yeah we had some sessions outside um, and it did rain and it did have dog poo bottle whatever but it was really super nice yeah it makes me yeah it makes me very thankful for some reason and it's it's I think it's also humbling because you, especially in the spaces that we are, most likely there will be other people not understanding what it is you're trying to do. Um, And yeah, learning something new or trying something new, both for the participants and for me, because for me also every time it's it's something new and I get fairly nervous. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, I, I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that intensity of it is having to move past something that um, seems to be just right in front of you but you know is something to overcome or to try or to to fail at whatever it is that you do yeah um you said that you you studied with martin kilvati i've gotten to take i've gotten to take some classes with martin just a few times like over the years and I'm a big fan yeah. um so I'm curious like uh what what brought you in that direction for me it's interesting for me actually the fact that he's so specific mm-hmm. the fact that he is such a uh, how do you say this adamant practitioner like he's he's really living you know (laughs) what he says he he wants he's really doing it for as far as I can tell and for as far as I can see he's really putting in the hours he's really working hard it's just super fascinating to me it's because for me personally I struggle a lot with or I feel like I'm stuck in this phase of a two-year-old of like always questioning why, like why this, why that, why should I do this? <laughs> and so I struggle a lot with motivation in, in relation to insecurity, let's say. And just to see this person not even questioning motivation, just being like, this is what I said I would do. And so therefore I'm doing it. And I've been doing it for how many years so far? Um, 
and also reaping the benefits like he's also really good at what it is he's trying to be good at <laughs> so it's just i want i was fascinated and i just wanted to see it firsthand and experience what it is that he shares and how he approaches it for him um, and then simultaneously of course to see what it brings me how does that actually feel on me can i implement what it is that he's working on in the same way or do i need different uh directions and stuff so yeah that's sort of where i where i came to it mm -hmm. yeah so how long how long did you study with him or is it kind of ongoing well so no that was the first time and so far also the last time i think this week is still um he has open classes so i might go still this week but um no it was a month long so it would have been every day but then i think the last four days got cancelled due to the COVID. He, he really caught on to it quite quickly. He was like, guys, I'm not sure <laughs> we should continue. <laughs> and so we started doing things outside. And then he's like, actually, no, I think we need to stop. Like, mm -hmm. I think. Um, so yeah, we had like one month, I think four hours a day each day. Wow. Yeah. But it was cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm just saying I'm such a big fan of, of the things that he does. I don't know. He, rem, it reminds me I, when I was a kid, I was a huge fan of like Jim Carrey. Yeah. And whenever I've watched Martin or like <laughs> seen him do things like he has that thing to me and not to say that it looks and feels the same, but it's like that kind of spark. Yeah. And uh, I think it's really beautiful. And he said something once that I just thought was, amazing because I think it, I don't know, maybe it didn't land with everybody, but the way that he said it, it, it was like this like permission to do whatever you want to do in front of people. He said, I think someone was like, oh, like, you know, cause he, you know, was kind of clownish as he's like moving around and people just asked him something about like looking weird or feeling weird and being on a beach and feeling weird or something. And, and he was like, I don't know, like, I'm just doing the things that my body can do. That person who's got a board strapped to their feet being pulled <laughs> by a kite, that's weird. <laughs> and I remember thinking that the things that like are normalized are chosen to be normalized. Um, and I just thought it was like this really beautiful, just like, oh yeah, like do the, do the thing, whatever it is and wherever. But that's amazing, no? Yeah. Like, how, just to, to have him say that and you'd just be like, of course, we mm -hmm. consider specific things normal just because we've seen them more often or because more people have accepted them as such. Mm -hmm. But me flopping around somehow isn't normal. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Just using using the, the tools that I, ha I was given when I was born. Yeah. This is, the, yeah. And it's really, he, he doesn't just say it. He also mm -hmm. really means it. There's no like, I'm saying it to be cool. There's no, there's nothing, for me at least, there's nothing extra on, on that level. Sometimes you, you, I don't know, sometimes you catch someone saying something, you're like, why did that person say that? Or mm -hmm. you question their intention. And I think for me, with him, it can sometimes be 
specifically very random, <laughs> but he means it <laughs> for what it is that he means it for. And it has it has its purposes. And he's one of those people that he says something and it might not make sense at that moment. And then, I don't know, a year later, three months later, you're like, oh, <laughs> this is what he possibly meant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's great. It's really, really good. You know how we, it's almost like they talk about how we almost have this like innate sense for like truth or authenticity. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's what it is. Like when, when I have seen him and briefly spoken to him, like, like it, 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 it just feels like, like truth. It just feels like here and now this is, this is like what, what it is. Yeah. And he also doesn't seem to want it to be your truth necessarily. It's just, mm -hmm. it is, and at that moment, that's where it is, and that's what it will be. And you can accept it or not at all, but it doesn't matter <laughs> to <laughs> how it is. Yeah. I mean, it, there's so much more also to learn from him, indeed, like, than just the physicality. But the physicality is what brought me, brought me there. Mm -hmm. And then to have him say stuff like that is what keeps me being interested i mean to me he said something because it indeed like my motivation came into play and i at some point couldn't be there or i didn't feel like being there or whatever and all he said was like okay well if you don't come don't come and if you come be here and do it <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> so should i not make an excuse <laughs> <laughs> it's just really like i don't care and it's not rude it's not meant rude at least but it's you want to be here be here you don't want to be here don't be here like it, it doesn't matter to me but you said you would be here so that's our contract so where what are you doing <laughs> yeah um so yeah it, it's 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 really interesting to see and therefore also he just expects you to work because that's why you came. You paid for it, even. What? what <laughs> like, what's the question? <laughs> yeah, and I think there is just something unapologetic about it, and mm -hmm. um, it can maybe be um, not necessarily inviting to everyone, but I think it is open to everyone, and that I, makes it even more beautiful. I totally agree because I think that like at the core, and I mean, you've done a month, I've observed and taken like a few classes, but like at the core, the, the, the messages are quite simple. You know what I mean? It's like the messages is like, almost like, let's learn how to get out of our own way, you know, or like be playful, like, you know, not, not joyful, but playful. Um, yeah. They're, 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 they're these things. It's like, it's almost like, revealing that stuff that's that's there that we just decided to be adults and get at, get in the way of. <laughs> if only we could all stop being adults. It yeah. So, it yeah. So simple. Mm -hmm. There's so many expectations that we all feel like we have to live up to and it's just actually withholding us from from trying things and from doing like experiencing things and um yeah, it can be a shame, honestly. And I, I, that's actually the nicest part, like to come back to being outside and 
trying things and doing things. It's the more people I sort of have around me that I feel comfortable with trying things with, the more it also seems to be infectious. And so because we're outside, people actually get to see what kind of weird weirdo stuff we're doing. And it doesn't even have to be flopping around. It could be balancing on a rail and people seem to be curious, but they're still, you can feel them deciding like, would it be strange for me as an adult to ask this other adult what they're doing? <laughs> Am I then also considered weird? Am I part of this weirdness? <laughs> or could I actually like be like, that looks really cool. Can I join? Or, and it's, it's, it's so, it's so clear with kids. You, you for once do a handstand in the park and you'll have at least four or five kids running around trying to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. For some reason we've decided, and it's, there's also a biological part in it, of course, with this whole failing and, and yeah, looking good for mates, potential mates, whatever mm -hmm. that all is. But I think also within society, we're really propping it up to be something that you should be ashamed of or uncomfortable with. And yeah, I, I, I'm noticing that I started thinking like that and it's quite a pattern. And now that I'm here, I really feel like, wow, there's so many things to try. And if only I see it with someone else, I'd just be like, can I please join? <laughs> can yeah. I join <laughs> yeah. you, you, you mentioned the kids and, and there's two things. The first one is, because like you, like, I mean, I don't think I've practiced inside like more than like a couple of days in the last year. Like everything has been outside, like rain, yeah. snow, the whole show. Lovely. Um, but it's always in a park and there's like a playground and there's kids. And I'll like facilitate classes out there with people. And I've learned that like, at least to me, when we're doing interesting things, the kids either want to participate or they can't stop watching. You know, the things that are not terribly interesting, either to me or what we might be doing, the kids are like, I'm not into that. This is not doing it for me. Yeah, they are like, <laughs> they are like the measuring stick. <laughs> but it's also really fascinating that it has a specific, sometimes it has a very specific quality also, what it is that they're fascinated by. And it makes me wonder, like, have we already conditioned them to only be excited for specific things? Hmm. It depends then also, again, how young they are. Because right. young kids could just stare just because they've never seen your face. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Like, they just don't get how your face is different than the person next to you. Or I don't mm -hmm. know. That's my projection, of course. Mm -hmm. But that's sometimes how it feels. They can be so fascinated just because it's new. Mm -hmm. um, whereas some older kids already, you can tell that they're fascinated because they think it's cool. So then... You know what's the measuring <laughs> measuring right. of something being cool or and the older or the older i'm not that old but the more time i spend on earth <laughs> let's mm -hmm. say um the more i realize i'm fascinated by things that are different mm -hmm. because i also within my small echo chamber right i we're all quite similar also we all, or at least we've already sort of handpicked the people that are interested in similar things, talk about similar things, might even have similar age, background. Um, so when I see something that's 
I don't know, someone sword fighting on their own in a park. I'm, I'm fascinated. Hmm. That's amazing. Like <laughs> that person's 80 year old <laughs> got up, <laughs> went to the park with his sword and is there with full conviction. Like <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> I want to know what's going on. It's, it's, it sounds like we need to sign you up for like a LARPing <laughs> event. <laughs> I'm sure I would be pretty bad at it because I'm single. <laughs> I, I I predict in, in in like a year and a half that'll be the, something that'll pop up on your Instagram. It's just going to be you at the front of like a bunch of like LARPing soldiers running towards another uh, another group. That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> You'll have some sort of like space tomahawk in your hand. Maybe cool isn't the right word, but I don't know. Everyone has their own thing. Like, yeah. it's amazing. And there's always, there's always someone out there. I, sometimes I see like two people sword fighting, let's say. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, those people really found each other. Like in all of this mess. <laughs> those people, like, how is that? How is that? Possible? <laughs> I think it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I think so, yeah incredibly cool and i think it, especially that's that's one of those things that cities can offer you it's there's so many people mm -hmm. there, there's bound to be someone that is interested in waking up at seven o'clock in the morning being outside sword fighting with an 80 year old it's it's beautiful it's it's really really great and um so do, you, so, so do you like lean into these things like like feeling that like attraction to like different do you like do you find yourself like not just like admiring but like if you see something being like oh like all right here I come I'm, go I'm going for it <laughs> <laughs> um well so sometimes yes I, I'm I'm realizing also I'm getting sometimes a bit more picky with what I spend time with or sp spend time on uh, I'm realizing I like so many things. <laughs> so when I see someone sword fighting, I might be like, that's really cool. I'm happy you found what it is you found. Mm -hmm. But today <laughs> is not the moment. <laughs> but sometimes I hear people sing and I'm like, I'd love to like, I'd join. This is, like, is this a thing that you join? And then obviously I find myself being that adult going like, is it weird? for me to walk up to these other adults. Like it, it it's really this, uh, this thing. But I, I'm realizing that not always do I then approach the other people, but I, I try to, to at least invite people within my bubble already. Like, are you guys interested in doing something new? Or like, should we start something that could be, I don't know. So yeah, in that sense, if, if I felt like my, my, my kind of tribe type people, if they're not up for it, then I will definitely seek it out, <laughs> definitely mm -hmm. seek it elsewhere. Mm -hmm. But I, I've been lucky and most of the people around me now, like I can find people to, to do it with or to yeah, explore things with. So what are some of the things that you've like, you've like seen and like been like, that's interesting. I want to do that, that you've like brought in and like, and mixed in. But yeah, I think for me that it's it would be the music and singing. This is, I mean, it's, it's very new, and I really want to do this now with, with the friends and people I have around me. But also random stuff like I would really like to learn how to make my own furniture. So how are we gonna, guys? We need to get good at this, or like pottery and and sewing and 
I, I last year I got a ukulele for my birthday. I'm still horrifyingly bad. <laughs> listen, listen. If you if you are looking for somebody to give you ukulele lessons, I know somebody. Oh uh, she's a good friend of mine, and she's somebody who's kind of like a type of person that you've talked about or you were just talking about who like sees things and it's like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to like do that. Um, she's my, my friend, Wendy. So she's like, she does jujitsu. She's a clown. She does capoeira. Um, she climbs just kind of, I, I don't know. I don't want to like name just like the oh, things. Cause no. she's like, she's like an everything. She's like a, I don't know, like a Renaissance person. Um, but she teach, she she plays ukulele and gives ukulele lessons. So I'll have to like put you in touch. That would be so cool because I this is one of the things. So I, I'm really, really excited for most things, but sometimes I'm really afraid of not being good at them. So mm. I sort of hold myself from actually trying things. And the moment I start doing them, it's usually fine. Like then 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 I'm really fine. But there was something else. Oh, yeah. The, um, we were spending our first quarantine with uh, with a roommate, actually, a person that we didn't know at the time, which was really great. But we got to know him really well. <laughs> and it was it was a really good person to be around. But he was once expressing one of his fears, and he was like, "Yeah, what if I'm a jack of all trades but a master of none?" Type of feeling, and he was really like, oh, he felt really sort of paralyzed by this like I, I love so many things and I'm he's also actually doing all of them <laughs> and mm -hmm. it's amazing he, he would be writing and then he would make music and then he designs costumes and then he's a dancer like there were so many things that he was doing and to me at quite a high level so I don't know really where it comes from but I I, I also feel that that sometimes I disperse my energy so sporadically and randomly <laughs> that sometimes I really feel like wow what am I really good at mm -hmm. and what do I also I think especially now like what do I want to be good at and do I then also really delve into that and really become a master of it or whatever it is that we like to collect motivate ourselves with <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah and and yeah, I, I really appreciate seeing that in other people when they have like this, this is what I want to do right now. This is what I want to be good at. And that there is a whole period where it's just, you're not good at it. You, re you really aren't. And I'm talking mainly about myself. It's there's, You really have to go through a patch of like, not there yet, you know? You know, this is one of the things that I think is really magical about I would say like maybe probably something like skateboarding. I don't skateboard, but something like skateboarding, but I, I do jujitsu and like part of that thing in the beginning is that the not being good at it is really a jarring time. Yeah. It's not just like, you know, there's some things you're not good at and it's like, it's, you're either kind of alone with yourself dealing with not being good at it or, or, or whatever, but the falls in jujitsu or in grappling are like, are, are, are hard, you know? And the same with like skateboarding. I, but there's like, um, of all, there's lots of lessons, but I think that like being in those like very jarring, not good, mm -hmm. I'm not good at this situations. 
make like the not so jarring i'm not good at this situations <laughs> so much easier do you know what i mean <laughs> like, <laughs> like for me like i would love to play ukulele too and now after talking about it i feel kind of inspired so i realize right. now like the idea of like tackling ukulele i'm like eh, whatever like for a year and a half i got choked every day so like that's that's so easy i'll walk into that yeah exactly <laughs> yeah no no this i this I completely understand as well. And I think that's also where where you can draw a line. Like, for instance, singing there, on the other hand, is, is for most people such a vulnerable personal personal space. So to, to honestly and openly say, like, I'm going to try and get good at this, you know, it, it, it raises a specific expectation also. It's, it's what do you mean even by getting good at it? Do you want to be able to sing in front of people do you just want to sound good when you're in the shower like what how do you make those goals and I think some things are really clear like I want to learn this song on the ukulele and at least you know fluently play until the end or like I don't know the first verse and there's some things that for me for instance within dance I feel like I'm at a space where I'm like what is it I want to achieve? Like, what kind of goal could I set for myself for it to not stay in this jarring place? Like, right. where you feel like, where is it going? Like, am I gonna get better at this? Like this one, this, yeah. It's, it's a plateauing space also. It's this place where you're like, is it gonna go? Is it gonna get any better? Is it gonna go any further? And if so, where? Because. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't see it and it's, it's, it's really fascinating. So where are you interested in taking dance specifically now? Like what, mm -hmm. where, what are some of the things that are, you know, or at least the roads that are kind of appearing for you with it? Um, it, it brings me back to this, this, this thing that you were talking about, uh, about Martin, this unapologeticness. I really would like to get to a space where um, it's really a practice. It's really something like a, a craft. And I think I'm at a space where I find that most of my movement are, are appreciated, um, which is it's a great feeling and it's really, really nice, but it requires other people to to validate it, right? Whereas I would really like to get to a space where it's more about me, me treating my body, me growing something, me nurturing um, a craft, nurturing a skill and, and um, yeah, applying, applying specific, how to say it? I, I mean, for me, I think I want to grow as a person, fully selfishly, I would really like to just grow and nurture the person that I am and to see how dance can actually benefit me rather than me seeping everything into dance. Mm -hmm. I would like it to, to, to be one of the things that I do, hopefully am good at and continue being good at it, but that it, that it serves me, that it serves my life, that it, um, yeah. And I don't know honestly yet what that means and like how that how that goes goes about like mm -hmm.
Yeah. So what are some of them like the, I don't know, the tasks or the challenges that you kind of like, or the constraints that you work with and around to like, kind of play with the potential of like facilitating that? Well, (laughs) 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 but that's the hard thing, isn't it? Like it's, it's really, now it comes to spaces where I, I, I train other things mm-hmm. or I try to train other things that would give me also more joy within dance because I, I've always sort of overflown that that specific physical space that at some point you're just you're tired. You don't know where to go, you don't know where to move it to and and um so yeah, I try to have like different types of practices including maybe yoga, including maybe Martin's um, approach to movement or actual actual training. (laughs) (laughs) Not much of a weightlifter, I don't know if you can tell. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I, I do enjoy understanding movement of its own without the artistry with it. I think for me, having having the space to separate the two really gave me a lot of freedom to to not have such a high expectation every time I move. Mm. Um, So, you know, finding rhythmicality in different things, finding rhythmicality in skipping rope or, or in doing squats. It's, it's Mm. very strange, but it's like uh, stripping it down. I think for me is really something that, that I'm interested in also, uh, playing with more Mm. sort of understanding or understanding. I don't know yet, of course, but figuring out what those elements are that make things dance rather than movement. How, how, how similar are they? When is something considered creative? When is something considered art? Like it's, it's all so, so blurry when is it something that's um, athletic when is it not athleticism like what's you know what are we doing (laughs) yeah I always think it's like it's so like more and more this is like probably not something I would say five years ago but now more and more I I feel like all of these like words like have this way of like being these like hurdles that people like feel like they have to jump over like kind of what you were saying where it's like well you know is this athletic or is it dance and then it's like well is this creative or is this innovative or is this you know is is this rhythmic or is it not and it's like it's almost like people sometimes feel like they need to get over like all the hurdles before they can get to the end and like just do the thing um when I, i i maybe you relate to this but like i'm growing to this thing of being like I, I don't know, maybe it's all happening all at once and and it's all fantastic, you know? Mm. Um, but it's a, it's a hard thing. It's like, it's almost like the limitations of our language of like the words. Absolutely. And I think also it's sort of an excuse especially of mine to sort of get strangled in those, in those words rather than just being like, you know what, just whatever this you will do might actually, you know, qualify in all of those those uh, 
because you say you do jiu-jitsu is it brazilian jiu-jitsu yeah for me art i don't know why there it has such a it also depends on who does it and how and where and also there's a whole subjective part of course of mm -hmm. of the watcher mm -hmm. um but there's such artistry to it i, I was i was gonna i was gonna i was gonna say and people who listen to this podcast have probably heard me say this like 20 times at this point, but it's like one of my favorite things that's ever been said on here. Uh, so I interviewed um, one of my jujitsu teachers and he said this really amazing thing. He was like, the art of jujitsu is not the techniques. It's all the space in between. You know, in between the techniques is where the art happens. And I just thought that that was really... I don't know, like beautiful. And I think it spoke to everything, everything outside of jujitsu, like and anything. It's like the, the techniques are the things that we can be taught, mm. you know? And it's like, we use like the artistry to get from one technique to the other. Yeah. I mean, it has so much in it also, the way, the way that you said it. It's, yeah, it's, it's like with, I don't even know how to say it, but with dance as well, I, f I find that there's so much always being said by the body. There's, there's almost never not something that's being said. And so, especially in choreography, there's a lot of movement happening. And uh, <laughs> obviously, but um, it's, it's usually the way that they play with not moving that for me is very interesting or like what like just choices and indeed like when you then see a, a performer and they're executing someone else's work and they still manage to find to bind it with themselves like to it's clearly that person right and they've sort of found a way to yeah to bring that technique maybe of whatever it is that they had to do and make it their own, make it their their own language, their own mixture of whatever it is they want to do. And maybe they're not even trying. <laughs> maybe just them being them makes that this this creation. Yeah. Right. They're just like um I don't know, like very like richly authentic, like uh I don't know. I feel like, like, I keep saying authentic. I never, it's not a word I use a lot. Um, <laughs> but I, I, it's like, it's like that, that, that place of like, as you said, like vulnerability and like being humble, I think it makes you, it makes people good collaborators. And, and I don't know, I find that like, in the end, we're like, we're always collaborating with something. Yeah. Right. Like, so it's like, in that moment when you were talking about that, I'm like, oh, well, it's not the choreography and it's not the dancer. Mm -hmm. It's like, or the artist, it's a, it's their collaboration. Yeah. Like they're partners in that moment, the same way that like, you know, if I want to go to the park and do my thing, depending on where I'm at or how I'm doing it, like I'm ultimately collaborating with the wind or I'm collaborating with like the surface that I'm on and, and you know, and, and maybe that's kind of some of the thing that's like magical about watching Martin is like, 
he does his thing really beautifully, but he also is like a collaborator with his environment and, and the things that, that he's wearing or the things that he finds next to him. Like, like everything is like a dance partner. He also manages to collaborate with himself. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, it's clear. It's super clear. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know that he's collaborating with his body. Like there's something or like his limbs seem to collaborate and speak to each other. Like it's, 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 it has something magical. And it's just, it's just cool to witness. And I think we always want to put our finger on it and be like, that's, that's what it is. But mm -hmm. I also really like the mystery of it. This, this idea of like, I don't know. I yeah. can't. I mean, this person has it and that person has it, but they don't do anything the mm -hmm. same or maybe they do but i'm just maybe at some point you sort of unlock this level where you go oh that's it yeah. <laughs> but i don't know sometimes to me it's just like when i see the the it the thing it's just like the the willingness to not be in control like sometimes that's like that thing that i see it's like they're kind of people who are like masters at not being in control mm -hmm. And, 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 and maybe, and that's just where I'm at now with it. But like, when I see that thing, it's like, it's like the welcoming of uncertainty and being like, and at, kind of attacking uncertainty with confidence. I've got a long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> I've so, got a long way to go. <laughs> well, listen, the ukulele is the first step. I didn't know if anyone told you, like, once you, once you have the ukulele badge, the world like open cracks wide open. That's, you know, this is what I want to hear. I yeah. want to. You know, I want to feel like at some point, like, I mean, everyone that ever has played a video game knows this feeling of like a checkpoint or like <laughs> a place where it's like accomplished, you know, like yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's really, really nice. And I think, I mean, yeah, sometimes it would be really nice to just be like, actually, after this, mm -hmm. I will be good. I will go that way. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, it's that is it. <laughs> Bu when Buddha was on the cusp of enlightenment and couldn't seem to like get there when he was like right about there, he learned the ukulele and then he, we never saw him again. Yeah. I do <laughs> say there is a flaw in this, this plan. What do you mean <laughs> learn the ukulele? Do you mean one song or like 55? Well, see, that's for you to figure out. That's the thing. <sighs> but, but I might request to hear, um, what's that? famous song um do you remember izzy the he played the ukulele he was hawaiian no and I don't he does like a really famous um version of uh what a wonderful world i think Bang. i should try that I'll, I'll send it to you it's it's a, it's like a classic and also really send me wendy i don't know where she lives oh she lives here oh i'm, I'm gonna see her this week i'll i will definitely put you guys in touch um so what what so after like spending a month kind of like in like an intensive of that kind where it's like the like, like get out of your way intensive kind of what what have you like kind of carried I don't, i'm curious two things like what how does it influence how you practice now and mm -hmm. also like what are the things and the qualities that you see like in yourself that 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 maybe weren't there before or maybe were there before but like had been kind of like blocked 
I think for me, what I notice is one of the biggest differences is that I feel like I have choice. Mm. And that, that whether that means I choose to do something, 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 or whether I go in and be like, actually today I don't want to do said material or whatever. Um, so yeah, it, it just the awareness of choice is super, super clear to me. And I think what I got from him is that there's always a space that he works on and that he always keeps with him. And there is a specific score and there's a specific movement, either quality or rhythmicality. There's always something that he focuses on that is it's just really clear to him. And what I notice now is that I'm much more, much more meticulous about things. It's like, yes, <laughs> I know I'm trying to aim for this, but I'm really trying to aim for that. Like, this is coming out, and that's really cool. I'll look at that next time. <laughs> but you know, I was aiming for something, and I, I, for me, that was, yeah. At some point, I got a bit lost when I got into studios. Be like, what? what to do now there's so so much choice <laughs> mm -hmm. um and so yeah that's so you know so now you feel like when you show up to like practice or train or whatever it is that you're going to do that there there's like a different way of like placing like intention on like what's what's happening yeah mm -hmm. even if, if it's work that's not my own and there's already a clear direction to where we're supposed to be going i always try to have my own um my own wish for the day almost so i i feel like i'm applying it more to life than it is necessarily actually the um the physical qualities it's more of like having a choice and ha like being able to stick with it sometimes it's also okay to just be like no it's not for me today actually i'm going in this direction but just to be able to go like today i want i want to feel like water in whatever it is that I do today. <laughs> it might be a bit floaty, but it, it sometimes it's really nice to have uh, direction and choice, especially in something that can ebb and flow so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to like, it, it's like refreshing to hear the idea a to like be willing to switch, switch gears and just be mm -hmm. like, Oh, like, I can, I can change this right now, but also <laughs> like the idea of like playing like meta games is like what you're saying where you're like, Oh, like maybe the big game is this thing, but like, I'm always going to kind of insert my little meta games yeah. into like how I navigate this. So like, there's like maybe this thing that I know that's like the umbrella, but like, there's like all these little opportunities to like make discoveries through like the, the other games. And it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, it can really give you, for, or at least what it gave me is that I feel like there's more space uh, or it feels like I'm giving myself more space to grow or to, to understand what it is that I want to do. Like I give myself a task or like a small incentive and it really feels like even if nothing happened that day, you accomplished something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think especially during quarantine, this is such a... A key element for me somehow right right that means that like every day despite like kind of like being like 
in some version of a box there's like oh like look at that thing i found like there's like treasure every day yeah and i think also for me especially and i think it's maybe the world that i somehow live in um it can very quickly feel like you live your life for someone else and maybe that is very relatable also to other people but for me especially within art and then in physical art where my body literally i lend it to someone else's ideas someone else's art someone else's potential risks as well sometimes it's not your thing actually but you're doing it because it's also an exchange of i mean how we see work of course so i'm lending my time my body my energy everything to someone else's aim and sometimes it's hard so then i find my own small small little game small little aims and i don't always succeed but it's it's uh it's always or always it's it's nice to have it's uh actually i wanted to do this small thing for myself today and actually i i managed to do <laughs> and that might be like flopping around mm -hmm. <laughs> it might totally be that let's mm -hmm. say kind of sometimes like the I remember like my friend Wendy he was talking about kind of like clowning and like the importance of like the costumes and like if we were playing with some clowning at one point and and just hearing her talk about it where it's like putting on like the different clothes or the costumes and like it immediately like brings something out of you and sometimes I find myself doing that where I'm like like I'm not dressing like I'm in a costume but changing the the costume yeah. does this thing of being like, oh, like it brings like different qualities into the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like also for me, like most of the time I spend in pajamas, like <laughs> jogging, you know, jogging trousers or whatever, like something. And, and then I really feel like, okay, I'm going to dress like a human. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I will like, I go to work dressed as a human then obviously I go back to pajamas <laughs> because I'll spend another eight hours there and yeah sometimes I need to have that break during the break I'll wear jeans and go to a coffee place and then I come back like it I really have to give myself that space to to break character or to break something in the day in order to revive it or to give it a different energy and yeah it's a nice way to say it it's a nice way do you um, choreograph as well and, and present um, a lot of your own work? Actually, I haven't. Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about it, but I feel personally right now, I mean, verbally, I have a lot to say, but artistically, I feel like I want to, I don't know, enjoy life a little bit more and see what I have to say about it then. And mm -hmm. If that comes more naturally i i think i i would but right now i i kind of enjoy these two spaces of understanding someone else's material and there's some like helping someone else find their their ideas and physicalizing it and and teaching i think i would find it super um super helpful <laughs> I find it really very reflective. It is confronting, it's reflective, it, it, 
teaches a lot of people in that same space a lot of different things yeah when i always talk about teaching being like its own like artistic act you know like like you it's you walk out there with like a blank canvas and like a bunch of people and like yeah turn it into something yeah and also you as the teacher also you have a role to fulfill literally, like literally you are this I mean, it's not necessarily a character, but I think there is a space where you have to hold space and you have to hold the scenario. And so therefore it comes with a specific persona or not that something else comes on or that something else uh, has to be, but I think it's interesting that it's, it is an, an act or I don't, for lack of a better word, it is a role that you fulfill. Mm -hmm. it's really beautiful to see also many of my friends um, yeah venturing in, into that space and I think I'm actually one of the last ones trying it out and, and seeing how it feels but yeah it's a beautiful it can be really beautiful space and I, I hope also that everyone within that space questions enough both the teacher and also the participants <laughs> yeah. learn about about teaching in general what what is it like what groups do you traditionally teach towards like do you teach mostly like professional dancers or people with a dance background or like is it more broad like you know kind of anybody and everybody is it yeah i'm curious like what what that looks like so so far my interest has been sparked actually by by Tomislav's work, like uh, the Ferris Animi Terra Nova, um, where what really grasped me is this idea of failure and learning how they're how they're so so like two sides of the same coin basically. And so for me, I would want it to be for anyone that wants to participate and wants to join. Um, and I like. I enjoy bringing it out of people or this, this frustration of learning and failing and the environment that we create in order to have this space. I enjoy bringing it out of people with coordinations, physical tasks and, and puzzles and uh, also vulnerability with singing and with rhythmicality. And I really enjoy this space um, a lot. So I, I would want it to be everyone and anyone, but so far it's it's people that are around me and know of me and uh, I have been in contact with. But I hope actually at some point I would want to do this with kids. I would want to do this with elderly. I would want this to do this with my mom and her friends, you know, like, um, but uh, yeah, I'm still testing some waters and like figuring out what it is I want to do. And I really honestly believe that movement is something that has been neglected by society in, in a very big sense of the word, as in like not considered as something intellectual to do somehow or something not, I don't, yeah. That, that we've gone into academics and, and very intellectual and like a lot of brain work and a lot of um, importance on that. 
and sometimes movement has been neglected and now it really seems to be the hype like moving and taking care of your own body and i am so happy it's it's in style almost you know it's popular and it's it might also you know go again before you know it um, eating bad will be popular and cool again so <laughs> we <laughs> benefit from it for as much as we can now but um yeah i really wish for this to to grow more and i, I really wish also for especially also my mom's generation and, and her friends for her to to learn how to fail and to still do new things and whether that is movement or whether that's learning a language or the piano or gardening it doesn't matter something that you have to really learn from nothing well and and, and we're like master learners we're so good at it actually. like like that that is like that is our gift and and i think that that's again you, you said something so interesting where you're like you know we we've kind of like fixated on like knowledge and kind of mm -hmm. academics and that's almost like framed what we think learning is and how yeah. learning is supposed to be done that it's supposed to be done through like here's information i tell you the information you learn or you memorize the information and now you have the knowledge and we you on it <laughs> when it's like what we're talking about is like we can go in like we can do things and learn as we do them you know mm -hmm. like I, my friend could sit here and tell you about the ukulele all day, but you could never play it. Like you have to like play it. But like, if we do things, if we just give ourselves the opportunity, the same way when we were kids, no one taught us to walk. We learned to walk. Nobody taught us to speak. We learned to speak and we can keep doing that. Like, and it can go in so many different directions as you were kind of like pointing out where like someone could be like riding half pipes on a skateboard like they can learn <laughs> to do that and then someone else can be like i don't know like learning to do contemporary dance and and do some acrobatics and things like like in the, and and play music like the span is so huge of what we're capable of learning it's so big like it, it's 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 incredible and I, I think there is also always going to be something that you might be interested in or you like general you you know mm -hmm. like it doesn't have to be what i think is interesting and what i think is fun it's mm -hmm. just that's the frame for instance within teaching that's the framework like i bring what i find interesting mm -hmm. but it should be and could be applicable to almost anything that we yeah that we could do and try and even invent i mean there's jobs and occupations and and hobbies that i've never heard of ever and someone's doing it like it's it's crazy yeah, yeah. it's it's it, it's it's really incredible to think about like what our capacity is but then you know the tragedy is that like i think a lot a lot of people feel like they hit a certain age and then learning stops when like we are able to do it like our whole lives like it can it can it can always happen and as and you said, it's it's kind of like the the maybe the the problem isn't so much that people think that learning can't happen. Mm -hmm. It's that it's like this the the stigmatization of failure kind of comes before that. And then the rationalization is like, well, you know, 
I'm too old to learn anything. Yeah, or trying it once and being realizing you're not good at it. Yeah. It's very normal because you've probably never tried it before. Right. And then just dropping it. But I, I think, yeah, this is also, again, society. Like, the moment, you know, you hit a note in singing and someone's like, oh, not for you. And then you just never try it again. <laughs> like, mm. That's ridiculous. That's like, imagine a baby did that and went like, mm, walking, not for me. Well, you know, it's a, it's a sad moment. I, it's a, I remember I was going to say this to you, like, earlier on when we were talking about little kids, it's this very sad, tragic moment. I don't know if you've ever noticed it. Maybe when you've like, see, like seen kids that you saw, like maybe like not long after they were born and they still have no, they have like no ego. They're like, there's no sense of self. They're like tripping all the time. And they're just like, the world's amazing. And then like, I don't know what it is. It's like around a year and a half or two years old. You see that kid again and then they slip and fall and they're like, look over and they're like embarrassed. Yeah, oh no. And it's the, and it's the, and it's that moment where you're like, oh no, like they have that like they're aware that, like, of that. <laughs> right. The identity is starting to come in that like creep in and start to like get in the way a little bit. It's horrible. I mean, it's it's functional, of course, mm-hmm. somewhere in, in our in our genes and our <laughs> the idea of our, our survival, I'm sure. Like it's it's normal. I think it's it's part of it. It's just how can we encourage people to still do things and new things and especially things that we're not good at like Mm -hmm. i mean for me i've been trying to learn how to speak swedish for a couple of years now (laughs) and i mostly understand it it's also not that far from dutch like i mostly understand it but speaking it is like I I feel it. I feel embarrassed. I feel scared of making a mistake. I feel like hesitant to even bring it up, try it, express it, etc. So even knowing, like knowing all of it, mm-hmm. I'm still afraid to fail. And that is so a bit hypocritical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so it's also so crazy actually like what am i gonna lose like what do i feel is at stake right Right. yeah yeah it's it's like we 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 create the almost these like stories about like what what it what's going to happen if we do something wrong yeah when none of them are true yeah or not like they're worth risking. Yeah. Also, it's kind mm-hmm. of crazy to think like, oh no, you will see me do something I can't do yet because I haven't tried it. But well, duh, that's it. Yeah. Like, that's the only thing. I mean, then again, there could be a whole uh, process of like, maybe then you won't consider me a viable partner anymore. I mean, that could be a big fear. Or, uh, yeah maybe you won't like me anymore like it's all of these things it's it's very i think it's very ingrained um and i think it comes again with teaching as well like i've been teaching specific patterns now or specific uh, movement tricks and ideas but putting myself in a space where i don't know the the mechanism yet is then all of a sudden a huge like confrontation 
I'm going to teach you guys something that I actually haven't figured out yet. Is that a space you venture as a teacher? Like, how does that, you know? How does yeah. That work? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that is, I think it's beautiful. I think I really appreciate it when like a teacher is, is kind of like humble in that way being like, I want to go somewhere that's like going to facilitate yeah. surprise for all of you and for me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Like uh, some of my friends, like Winston now, and then also um, Lewis and Sam, they just taught a, a workshop together for a whole week. They, they did like separate classes, like they did their own stuff, but then they participated in each other's work. And I think that sometimes also gives such a humbling situation of like this person at, at first seemed to know everything in this specific context. Mm -hmm. Now it's put in someone else's um, speciality, right? And also still has to figure stuff out, has to understand what that teacher is asking. And I think it's just a very um, natural space for us to be in, but it's nice to see that people are still willing to take those those social risks then i mean mm -hmm. yeah i think that's what it is then at that point and i'm i'm really intrigued by that i really enjoy this this humbleness in other people right i think it's actually very attractive to have someone be not underselling themselves, but just genuinely struggling in specific spaces and being open to, to, yeah, to have other people witness their learning curve and where they are at. I think mm -hmm. it's really fascinating. Yeah, it's like watching like people fall beautifully. Yeah. 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 And I really, really commend people that do something new i've when i go like when we were in berlin there is this massive old um how do you call it air oh my god my english just went <laughs> <laughs> airport mm -hmm. there it is it's just like a massive abandoned airport and it's called tempelhoferfeld mm -hmm. and so it has these long landing strips of like smooth flat asphalt obviously because you know and so there's a lot of um skateboarding happening with kites there's a lot of kites in general but there's a lot of people trying and falling and failing and trying and like over mm -hmm. and over but m most of these people are so happy mm -hmm. really just doing what they're doing and there's so many other people trying and failing so why not just blend in with all the other people that are not good at it yeah uh, and then you have people that are genuinely just good at it and wanting to show everyone how great they are yeah there's also people that are really really good at it and are just doing it for their enjoyment they're not there to show people how great they are they're there to be like this is how i enjoy myself this is where i'm at I'm still learning new things, but actually this skill I really hone and I really enjoy. And for me, it's just precious to see. And it's all ages, all sizes, all backgrounds. 
everyone usually has their own music though <laughs> like their own bubble but there's mm-hmm. people there they're wearing skates and then they're also playing soccer at the same time <laughs> and you're like sure like mm-hmm. i can balance right <laughs> they're like, it's amazing and they've taken it to another step because they're so they're so comfortable and they're actually interested in leveling up in that sense it's 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 fascinating right and and the willingness to like approach leveling up not knowing when you've leveled up you know it's it's almost like some people only want to do the thing when where when they level up they get like the recognition this is like a totally obscure thing there's like no competition there's no nothing you just keep going and just keep doing and 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 because it's it's fascinating and weird or attractive or whatever all the things are but yeah it's like they're there to level up but they don't actually but no one ever knows what no. that ha- when that happens or how that happens and i and i think that that's beautiful i think that's amazing especially in the society that we've we're all participating in where it's so clear like people want to know when your next achievement is and what you've achieved before and it's it's all about producing and achieving and producing. And achieving. Well, that's one. Well, that's what, I mean. That's the kind of the 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 vicious cycle of something like Instagram, right? Is like people are made to feel like if you're if you're not achieving, you're not living because it's like it's just like people posting like one achievement after another, not realizing that like this is like a speck. It's crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy, and also just to. To be aware, and I'm I'm now one of those people that starts posting, and I really have to bite my tongue. Like I want to say, like this was after a million tries, or this was on a day that I actually felt good, or this was on a day that I actually felt bad. Like I I feel like there's so much color still to to be added into the storyline of all those small snippets that people see. Mm-hmm. It's, it's and I'm also one of those people that sometimes gets very demotivated by seeing all those people living their lovely lives. I'm like, what? I felt like shit yesterday. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that person is living their best lives. It looks like every day. Yeah. You're like, how is this person's photo still smiling at me? <laughs> and should you post a picture of you crying when it happens? Yes. No, I don't know. It's up to you. It's just, I think we are, yeah simultaneously just creating this expectation of life having to be good having to be beautiful having to feel all the positivity in in, in every way but also being extremely motivated productive <laughs> right and, and and a perpetual upward trajectory like Forever. even and even and even instagram does that even if yeah. it's just like for people thinking that like their numbers have to keep going up you know, like everything is up, 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 as opposed to like, well, it might be just this kind of like, kind of continuous squiggly thing. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, hopefully, right? The whole, like, hopefully it is squiggly mm-hmm. because that, I think it's inevitable, mm-hmm. but hopefully it is still like squiggling on like upwards. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be fast, but like, yeah, hopefully in life it's going to be that but yeah it's it's not it's not predictable i i feel like 
especially with with something like Instagram, there is this traction that you could create for yourself that makes it feel like it's going somewhere and it going upwards, but it also feels like it goes so fast. Mm-hmm. It's that you don't control this. You have, and this is where I need to go, okay, I don't control this. So I also don't have to be affected by it. It's It's not me. It's not my thing I don't have to value myself through this because if I start doing that and it starts spiraling and all of a sudden it goes downwards like that is too much (laughs) I I could not handle that right that's like the identity being challenged yeah and that brings us back to also this platform brings us back to artistry it's getting so confusing like there's a lot of people giving away their art for free and I think that's in a way also a very beautiful beautiful thing but it also becomes production it also becomes now i need to produce art every day in order for people to to continue to be interested and doesn't and i i don't think i have an opinion yet but there is then a question of like when is it art is it all is it always art just because you created something interesting that you bring this up uh I'll say this and then we should probably wrap soon because I know it's 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 nighttime there, right? I don't even, what time is it there? Let's see. I think it's 8, 8.30? Oh, okay. Even, okay. Um, but you, you were just, you <laughs> oh, just made nice. me think. So a, fr- a, <laughs> a, fr- a friend of mine, she, uh, she was, um, did hair. She styled hair for like fashion, big time fashion, like, you know, in Vogue and everything. And she'd been doing it for a long time. I want to say like 20 years, but maybe slightly longer, maybe slightly shorter. But she was saying that before social media, it was so different. It was very slow moving because, you know, like people who are doing high fashion and like photo shoots for high fashion and things like this is art. This isn't even the world of like clothing anymore. And (laughs) she she was saying that like, you know, it was just, it was slow because it was like magazines is kind of what would happen. And it was like, it would, you know, come out every once in a while. And like, she was working and everything was great and she'd make good money. And it was like, you know, it was this kind of artistry where you could, you could think about it and you could be with it and then present something. And as you were kind of alluding to now, it's like, world. More, faster. Da, da, da. Okay, all right. We need photos. We're going to shoot tomorrow and that's going to be for Instagram. And then this is going to be for Facebook. This one's going to be in a magazine, but then there's the online magazine. So we need like more, 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 more. So it was like, all of a sudden, like she was talking about working more, but not necessarily making more money, but like just working more, but not like the creativity, almost like not having time to bloom because it was like fast, fast, like content, content, content. Um, so I don't know, I don't, I don't have an answer either, but what you were saying made me think of that thing of like, oh, like what happens to creativity when it feels like it's like, it needs to be like produced rapidly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like, I was talking to, to Winston about it. You also lose track of the actual person. Like Mm -hmm. you could, time is so elusive all of a sudden like you want new content all the time and you want like new 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 but that person might be posting something from what a year ago three Mm -hmm. weeks ago maybe more maybe less like so then out of nowhere they're all pregnant because that's (laughs) that's my whole (laughs) instagram life right now i think that's the age i'm in 
And you're like, wait, when does this happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Weeks ago, you were like this, and now mm-hmm. you're seven months pregnant. Like, what's going on? <laughs> so it also like it, it morphs reality in ways that I think we're not even super aware of. Like, I have an idea of someone through my phone, which is still like mind blowing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know, I, I I create this idea. They're always happy. They're always skinny, healthy productive right and then you know two days later you get an update about this person that completely morphs your your new reality and I think a lot of people are super I'm not I'm not sure a lot of people but I think some people are unaware of how much we rely on this reality because the moment you create something and shape something in your brain it's a manifestation of something like something is going on you have an idea you have a, a concept so it it does feed you no matter what like you can't unsee things it's just it's not possible right everything that we witness through our senses is like there and you can't like be undone yeah mm-hmm. absolutely I'm super interested to see like how it kind of unfolds. I don't know if like people will suddenly rebel against it or it'll turn into something else. I have no idea, but in in 10 years, it'll be a different thing. Yeah. I hope we get, uh... (laughs) I hope we get better than this. To be honest, I think I'm, I'm also fairly addicted to using my phone, I would say. Or in the sense of like, when I was 12, I definitely didn't use it this much. To the point where I can definitely say it's increased mm-hmm. <laughs> incredibly. Um, so, yeah, I hope, I hope, yeah, it's not going to be so much part of my children's lives. Mm-hmm. The way that it is influencing people's lives now. Yeah, I hope it's not for the worse. Fingers crossed. We'll see. But the good news is, the good news is, because of it, I was able to send you a message to get you on here. So, yeah, the silver I'm, linings and everything. It's really, I think it's really sweet, to be honest. And, yeah, it's just nice also to have a conversation with someone I haven't met before. Yeah. And just be like, you're very generous in the way you speak. It's very kind. Oh, I appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you so much. Yeah, for, for, for people who are listening, like... They don't realize, but like we're chatting now. Yeah. And then in two days, I'll talk to Winston as well, but the podcast will all be spread out. But um, yeah, I'm getting like the the full introduction in, in just a couple of days to like the the crew. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's really nice. I hope, uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy that conversation. He is walking and dancing around right now. <laughs> <laughs> as, as, as he should be. I, 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 to be honest, I feel, I feel disappointed that he wasn't, acting as a background dancer throughout the entire conversation. I mean, we could still do this right now. He's, no, he's just cleaning. Yeah. I expected, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I expected an hour and a half of you and I chatting and then having like performance art in the background. I can do that for you in <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> okay, for the next one. Um, so if people want to connect with you, um, where and how and what are the best ways? That is a very good question. I'm not sure I know the answer. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think now Instagram would be the platform that I'm most engaged with. 
Um, and that would be my first name and my last name. Mm-hmm. See, this is how bad I am at it. I think it's Kim underscore Amankwa mm-hmm. for Instagram. Okay. <laughs> That's it. But for the rest, I think we have like this. Um, I think it would also be interesting that you also mentioned with Tomislav. Mm-hmm. And that would be ferisanimiteranova.org. And then between every word would be like a, a minus. How do you call that in English? Oh, like a hyphen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's more about the work that actually that I'm very interested in doing and participating in. Okay. And then is there any chance there will be like uh, in-person workshops that you'll be doing this summer or anything? Or is that like to be determined? It is to be determined. I was hoping to do it in July, but now it might be busy. So probably August. Okay. Uh, and then most likely in Berlin because it's lovely there. <laughs> um, so yeah, but uh, yeah, through Instagram, I'll definitely keep people posted. And it would be super nice actually to meet you at some point. Hey, I'm I've I've never been to Germany. I really want to go to Berlin. That's like a dream of mine. But if it doesn't happen as soon as I like, then we should get you and Winston to the US when that can happen to New York or Boulder or something. Yeah. No, but honestly, like you're you're very welcome here for sure. Like uh, and indeed if if we ever manage our way over there, <laughs> we'll definitely hit you up and see what's possible. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Brazilian jiu-jitsu because man, that would be so cool. Well, that's how that's how I'm going to start, in, you know, saying hello to everybody who, when I see them for the first time on the pot from the podcast. Great. It's not there's not even going to be a hello. It's just going to start wrestling. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> now improvise at you. Yeah. So now you know what to expect. <laughs> All right, Kim. This was so great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me.